What is up, guys? School of Hard Knocks. We've been out for a bit. You got Coach Rod. Coach Max. What's up, y'all? And we got episode 67, baby, coming up. 67. So it's been a few weeks, dude. It has. It has, man. We missed you all. We missed everyone, the listeners, the fans. And uh, we're glad to be back in the studio chopping it up. I'm super happy, too. It had been almost like almost a month. It's been almost a month, man. It has. I think this is the longest little... And it wasn't a break. We haven't been taking a break. We've actually been busting our asses, (laughs) doing stuff. I know Max has been super busy. Super busy on the Wednesdays when we normally record. So uh, we took a little, not break, but life happens sometimes. It's kind of hard to coordinate our schedules and stuff. And uh, But like we never left, dude. We're still here. We're still here, man. And I'm excited for this one. This topic's going to be really good. So today we're going to talk about everything squats. Ooh. You like squats? I love squats, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I love squats, dude. I, I I think in some of the um, some of the older shows, we actually, I mean, we've talked we've talked about the squat before. We've highlighted certain points and stuff like that. But I think we got some really good information to throw out there today as it relates to the squat as a whole, whether it's uh, squat depth, which we're going to review and why it's important, what research has shown uh, on why it's why it's important to eventually, if you're not yet squatting to full depth, whether it's a air squat. Uh, whether it's a goblet squat, back squat, whatever it may be, you know. Um, and then we're also going to go into some other points as far as uh, things that really make up a nice squat, a functional squat. And why is the squat a functional, why is it called a functional pattern movement? The squat? Well, if you think about it, man, it's probably like the most universal thing that humans do i agree everywhere around the world someone's squatting somewhere to do something whether it's in the gym or in life cooking some people sit on the floor in a squat position sometimes to eat yeah you know some people squat to take a break from standing and sometimes it provides um a little bit of this this rest position Mm -hmm. from having to be in this tension zone most of your day but the the thing is, is it's hard to achieve because sometimes the squat position, especially like I think in the Americas, like it's, it's only, it's been kind of this thing where it's only focused in the gym. Yeah. The squat. Oh no, yeah, I got my form, my form in the, in, on the squat in the gym. Yeah. But a squat should be something that you do. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Multiple times throughout the day. Multiple times throughout the day. And it could even be like something that you can do like in a work position, man. Like your knees shouldn't be aching and your ankles shouldn't be hurting. And and it shouldn't hurt to get out of a squat. Yeah. But we're going to get into a little bit of why that may be happening if it is happening to you. Yeah, man. The listener. Well, one of the things that I've... Um, and just like I said, we use the gym floor here, I think, as our own like analytic system to see things and review them and assess them on what we do. Does it work? Um, how do people feel during these movements, uh, whether we're going through mobility, whether it's in the work workout itself? And it's kind of a self-reflection point on our end. Uh, and le- let's just say we're taking through the class where we're, we're going to back squat that day. We have them doing some cook squats. Um, and a lot of the times you'll hear people when they get out of the bottom position of the cook squat, oh man, like grabbing their hips and hips are real tight and stuff, you know? So those are kind of things that, that we shouldn't be really feeling and dealing with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone comes from different walks of life. Everyone comes from different environmental things that they experience on the outside. And then a lot of the individuals that we have, and this is every gym across the world, you know, um, you have people that have maybe never been taught how to formally squat, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then they're trying to engage in this lifestyle where, I mean, squatting is a huge movement pattern. It's a functional thing that we do. That's why it's a functional movement pattern because it's part of everyday life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it relates to that, though, too, we also have to keep in mind that not everyone has 
has engaged in proper squatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could be, again, going back to that environmental thing where maybe your environment has taken away a lot of movement from your day. You know, it could be working at a desk, you know, nine to five, eight to five, and then you go home tired from, from, from being mentally drained on, on the computer or, or taking notes or whatever it is that you're doing, you know. And then you just you just hang out more, you know, you sit down, lay down, but in a more calm state away from the stress but you're still laying down the muscles don't know if you're stressed or not they just know that they contract and relax and hold you so a squat is still a squat if you're sitting in a chair it's just a supported squat exactly so like why is it important and why do we need it in our life well so the first thing that comes to mind for me is this dude so we're a stack of joints, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way we're built. That's the way we're made. Uh, and there's a reason why we have a stack of joints that go from stable joints to mobile joints. And we're kind of stacked up in that way, you know, that joint joint approach, you know, mm-hmm. um, those joints, uh, let's talk about the hip joint real quick. You know, it's one of the more mobile joints that we have apart from the shoulder joint. Um, and there's a reason why it's set up in the way that it is in the body. You know what I mean? We're meant to hinge at the hip. We're meant to bend at the knee straight down. You know what I mean? Um, so as far as when it comes to the way we're designed to move, we're designed to squat in its basic form, dude. You know what I mean? Like that's the way that we're set up. Um, and then as it relates to everything else, why is it important to engage in trying to squat well or gain the range to squat well? I mean, you mentioned it earlier on, dude, as it relates to everything, you know what I mean? As it relates to sport, as it relates to functionality, as it relates to everyday life, as it relates to the gym, um, you squat down to pick something up off the ground. Uh, you might not always hinge. It might be in positions where you got to kind of squat and get into lower points or whatever it may be, you know, but um, it's one of those things that I feel like people lose as they age, um, but it's one of those capacities that we need to maintain as well, too, you know? I've seen it before um, in the workplace, different areas where I've worked, uh, a little bit of the older individuals and even some of the younger ones, you know, like they can't properly squat down well. So you see them getting into these positions that are less optimal and which is just causing a lot of dysfunction in movement in the body itself and potentially will, I mean, it's gonna yield injury. You know, that's what it does. That was definitely a great explanation there because I've seen that, man. And I've worked with individuals who who have a tough time, like reaching the floor, touching their toes, bending the knees. And like you would think like what's going on here? You know, like we humans are pretty durable. We're designed to be able to last at least 100 years, you know. So why is it like in our 40s, 30s, 20s, we're already dealing with like this huge, uh, I guess like, (laughs) I don't want to use the word like degeneration, but that's kind of what it is. Like we're degenerating earlier than we're designed to. Yeah, man. And that's because like a lot of movements being taken away and a lot of the just functional movements that kind of keep our joints um, well and healthy are not being practiced. Yeah. So it's like, man, like, what do we do? Like, well, we'll squat at the gym. Okay. But it's not enough though, but man. it's not enough. Like, no. and at the gym, there's, there's too much ego squatting sometimes. And what I mean by that is like, sometimes you're using more weight to, to get your depth. <laughs> and that's not a way to go. Like, the weight shouldn't be pushing you down into further ranges. Like you should be able to get to those ranges without load, without load on your own. You're right. You know, I've worked with clients who need load to get down and they're all with their back. They wonder why their back hurts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, damn, we've got to correlate all these things together and start fixing the movement pattern and, and literally having to teach the client Everything that you knew about squatting has to kind of take a little break 
Yeah. And we have to introduce you to this new way, you know. And sometimes it's it's very hard to do that because when you're stuck in your ways, sometimes you can be stuck in your ways, you know. Yeah, man. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is that we all have the capacity to get back to being able to just get into a, a, a squat, ass to grass, baby. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's the goal, man, is that, you know what I mean? I mean, everyone, whether you're in the gym or not, but I, I'm going to relate it a little bit more to those individuals that we see more here. And I mean, you, you see a plethora of people throughout the day because of the clinic you work in out of Rosti. And um, I'm sure you probably might see a little bit more dysfunction over there. You know what I mean? Especially because maybe a lot of these people that go to y'all um, to get fixed are, aren't necessarily getting injured in the gym. It could be in the workplace, it could be in the outside, it could be just in their common everyday life, you know? Exactly. And uh, one of the things that goes along with that as well is talking about the squat. So, for for example, someone walks in, let's say they go to the clinic, Max, you know what I mean? Like, what are, this, what, what are some of the common dysfunctions that you see or things that attribute to faulty squats and faulty squatting? patterns that eventually lead to injury Ooh, that's a good question so when it comes to assessing that that squat pattern other than looking at just the depth of the squat mm -hmm. we're looking at what the ankles are doing and what the knees are doing and then obviously what like if the torso is being kept upright but yeah. mainly like the the feet start there the feet are the only thing that touch the ground most of the day yeah right we stand we run walk whatever so like if that foundation is very unstable what do you think the joints are going to be like upstairs not good <laughs> right not good they're going to be unstable or having to get like a like a mobile joint is going to have to turn stable now to fix that compensation so like things start to get a little out of whack mm -hmm. so if the feet are caving in or if they're excessively supinating out, meaning like um, kind of ladder, um, I guess putting more of the pressure on the outside of your feet. Yeah. Or if you're going too far to the inside, like flat feet, those things are very unstable. So they're going to translate to knee pain and it's going to translate up to the hip pain. Yeah. And then from there, your back hurts. Right. So if you're doing this already in a body weight squat on your first repetition, then imagine what it's going to be like if you start to add load at a gym right away. Oh, my God. Dude. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes it's like a thing where. Because I've been into it, too. Like, I understand, like, you're in a it's it's like almost not, not a peer pressure thing, but you're in the environment and you don't want to be the one left out. So you want to try it out. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But sometimes those things there. Loading can exacerbate these dysfunctions. And, and cause a problem that maybe wasn't there to now be there. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, I've, I've seen people with dysfunctions all the time when they don't have any pain, but they're not loading their body in the way that would cause them pain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If the knees are caving in, second, second joint, if the knees are caving in too far, that's going to put some pressure and some pain on the insides. That's going to decrease the um, hip power, right, that you can produce. Um, same thing, if your knees are going too far out, Right to try to create too much torque, you can start to pull and strain groin, yeah. lower back. Right, so all these things can happen um, due to just the feet. Yeah, you it know. starts at the foot, man. It's it's it really does um, when it comes to really breaking down the squat and and learning how to use your feet uh, to be able to generate that stability, and then utilizing your hip flexors to to pull you down yeah. to that squat. Right, so um, those are the things that we look at in the clinic. And, and what gets me, too, is, like, I've seen the exact opposite, like, of people who are really trying to work on their squat, and their squat may not look the best at all. And then there's people that never practice the squat, don't even go to the gym, and then they squat Beautiful. beautifully. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Have you seen that before? Yeah, man. It, I think that comes down to the, to how distinct and how unique we are as far as the way we're made and the way we, the environment that we grow up in, you know, like if I asked you right now, Max, have you always like, are you comfortable sitting in a deep, deep squat? You're more than likely going to say yes, you know, but you work at it too. But have you always been comfortable in that position? 
and, and I've asked myself too, like, like, like I've always, I would call myself a pretty mobile dude. You know what I mean? Um, is it, am I built a little bit differently than others? Yeah, of course. I would say that I have a femur to torso length that is kind of set up a little bit more for an upright torso and a better squat, but still, um, I think there's a lot more that goes into it because I've seen people who are extremely tall who also have a beautiful squat. And I've seen some people that are my height that don't. So we can't even relate it to that. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of other things that really go into it. It's environment. It's the way we grew up with move, movement. Um, what we do for a, a living, which I think accounts for the majority of it because the majority of people that join gyms are going to already be 20s 30s 40s sometimes in their 50s you know and sometimes even older than that you know so there's a lot to account for um and i think a good base to start off with and just like you mentioned and i don't know if everyone actually thinks about the foot dude and that's uh i know we do a great job in the cl classes when we're reviewing the air squat the back squat whatever squat we're going to do because there's a lot of variations of it still but there's still some common points that we need to hit and we need to start at the foot, dude. Um, and I think the foot, just like you said, the biofeedback that we get through the ground, the first thing that is in contact with the ground are our feet. Unless you're a gymnast and you're walking on your hands all day, you know, but <laughs> still, um, it starts at the foot, dude. And just like you said, there's a lot that you could, there's a lot that you could assess and there's a lot that you could look at and see that could be fixed just with the foot. So you were talking about, um, and as basic as it seems, that way the people listening kind of get this imaginary viewing of what it is. But if you look at, um, let's just say your big, big toe, your fifth little pinky toe, and then your heel, that creates this tripod form there. And as long as we're putting pressure into those points at the top of the squat, as we descend into the squat, as we come out of the squat, uh, that's a good base to start off with there because now we're putting full foot pressure, pressure into the ground. Whereas maybe before, I mean, a lot of times you see people's toes off the ground, you can see it through the shoe, you know, you like that's a lot of loss of power. It's a lot of loss of stability as well too. So that tripod that you had, now you're taking one wheel away. If the heels off the ground, you're taking a huge wheel off. If the pinky toes off the ground, that portion of the foot, you're taking a huge wheel off the ground, you know? So those three points there, will create stability up the kinetic chain, you know? I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it, you know what I mean? But still, the base of the foot is where people need to start off with, dude. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. And that's when sometimes, like, people will be like, oh, I've been working on my squat. I've been working my hips. I'm stretching my hips. But, yeah. you know, my knees are still bothering me. Or and I always ask, are you stretching your calves? Mm -hmm. And, like, 100% of the time, they're like, no. It's my calf. My calf. Not my, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. What is that going to do? And I'm like, start stretching your calf. And that feels so good too, <laughs> dude, right? Other than feeling really good, <laughs> it creates more what we would call dorsiflexion in the ankle, uh, meaning you'd be able to pick your foot up a lot higher, right? Which is the same shape at the bottom of the squat. Exactly. So calf stretches aren't just for after running, they're actually a, a great tool to improve your squat depth, squat pattern, and power. Because the, the tighter your tissues are and your muscles, the less power you can produce. Nobody wants that. I mean, everybody wants more power, more strength. So why get tight? Why get inflexible? It doesn't make sense to me. No. That's why I like to preach this whole stretch stuff because... I want people to experience more power, more strength, less discomfort just through a simple practice. Yeah. So I would even say, like, if you're going to start working on squat depth, start stretching those restricted positions a couple times throughout the day and then start spending time in the squat position yeah. a little more because it is the movement you're trying to chase if you're trying to chase it. Right. But how do you know what you need to work on? If you never spend any time in that position, only at the gym yeah, with a barbell on your back, but you never practice it body weight, washing the tires of your car, 
or gardening in a squat position or like maybe you're putting a back patio out there and like instead of being on your knees be in a squat a yeah. deep squat can you do that you know what i'm saying for a lot of amount of time and sometimes it's like i can't do that yeah it's hard for most but then it's like but i want to squat 200 pounds for 10 reps <laughs> okay okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it, right? But it's going to backfire in the months coming because, again, we we didn't work that foundation. So, like, any time you hit a plateau or you hit, you're coming up to an injury or something's happening in the body, it's because you don't, you didn't do the foundational stuff. Exactly, dude. And it's, it's tough, man. It's a hard pill to swallow, especially if you've been doing the same thing for a long time and it's been working. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. It's like, oh, shit. Like, what do I do? This what, is all I know. What have I been doing? Exactly. Yeah. So where, where did it go wrong? It's probably one of the com- yeah. common things that people ask themselves. You know, I mean, I was squatting right. My back was straight. Uh, my heels were down. Things were good. And then things just started going south at that point, you know, yeah. and you, and you mentioned an interesting thing right now. You said the restrictive parts of the body that, that will limit your squatting capacity, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's, there's a few of them, you know, and it's not only one, uh, but going back to the foot yeah. on where the base of the squat starts, <clears throat> A lot of that dysfunction that you get up the kinetic chain again is because of the foot, you know, and it starts at the foot. Is it always that? No, it's not always that. But a lot of it is attributed to that foundational piece, that tripod mm-hmm. foot, you know, where the, a lot of the stability and the control of the squat comes into play. Um, I know you mentioned this a few times, man, and uh, and uh, and I want to hear your take on it and how you've done. Um, you mentioned Kelly Starrett is real big on uh, that. 10 minute squat test mm-hmm. just hitting it's it's a deep squat position for the goal is to get to 10 minutes right yeah and uh have you ever tried it for 10 minutes i'm gonna be honest i've never tried the 10 minute squat test because it's too long yeah <laughs> what's the longest you've got into five five minutes five minutes man was it rough super yeah the first time i did the five minute in my version i guess the half a test right so five minute squat test the first time i did it was rough the second time I did it, when I retested, like, I don't know, like 60 days later, mm-hmm. it was way better. Yeah. Because I had been stretching my psoas more and getting stronger in the core and being able to hold my, my pelvis in a certain position. Um, and I didn't get as sore as, as I did. But a 10-minute squat test, I think I would have to accumulate it by maybe changing my squat position a little bit, taking one leg out, getting back in, you know, like... Yeah. I think I would have to work different positions in order to accumulate those 10 and it would probably be very brutal. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, just think about it, man, in the class. Um, I mean, when we have people go through some ten- some tempo body weight squats or we have them do, let's just say, some counterbalance squats or cook squats. I mean, the cook squats are a perfect, perfect example, I think, you know. Um, total time, maybe we'll go for like a minute maybe sometimes you know because I mean, we're making it as dynamic as we can you know yeah and uh and it puts people in some some discomfort sometimes you know uh so huge you, so you could imagine dude i'm and, and i'm i'm just trying to take my my myself there to a deep deep squat but staying engaged though I'm, i mean i'm not just yeah. flopped down in a squat where my my feet are collapsed in where my knees are kind of in this valgus position i'm kind of flopped over in the torso like we're talking about a like the bottom position of the way a front squat would look or the way an air squat would look and you're holding that tense engaged position right that's where you want to hold right and eventually get to 10 minutes worth that is definitely one way to do it Mm -hmm. um but you also the squat test um is also going to provide you a little bit of the lumbar flexion which would be called the butt wink right so if you can hold like a static tension with your back nice and straight, great. But if you start to kind of fall into a little bit of that lumbar flexion, 
um, K-Star says that that's okay because the pelvis does need to be able to get into a little bit of that lumbar flexion to be able to to relax and sit comfortably if you were going to be in that position to work. And you're not under load. And you're not under load, so it's safe. Um, If you were under load, that wouldn't be safe. The butt wink, right? Which is where usually a lot of disc herniations happen, that bottom piece. But again, like if you're practicing a position and a little bit of lumbar flexion is in that position, then when you find, when you're in that position in life, like you'll be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you never practice that position ever, and then you decide to load that position one day and you go past parallel because you're fatigued, butt wink happens, back pulled. Boom. You see what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like, oh, the back squat got me. No, it didn't. It wasn't the back squat. <laughs> you got you. Due to just maybe not knowing that, hey, you need to work the squat a little more to be able to work the squat in the gym. Yeah. Um, which is what we're trying to do here. We're trying to show people like, hey, this is how it's feeling here at the gym. Let's make that feel a little better. Yeah. Let's spend some more time in these positions. You know, that's why coach Anna loves the uh plate squat yeah and she does her little flow with that thing and everybody's like ah yeah but she's doing it out of love and she's doing it for a purpose she's doing it to increase the squat position to reinforce squat patterns goes back to why we do with the the power snatch progressions and why we do the hang clean progressions like the same way every time yeah because we're reinforcing positions. positions we're trying to make you feel those positions and and make adjustments to as needed because it goes back to um we as coaches need to teach the members how to move well and be able to feel comfortable in their movement because we're not always going to be there to check their if their back is straight when they're picking up i don't know a tire at the ranch or something yeah you know what i mean or if their car breaks down, now they have to change a tire. Coach isn't going to be there saying, hey, hip hinge, hip hinge and grab that that tire. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> coach ain't going to be there. So you have to have confidence in your movement, right? And the only way that you're going to have confidence in your movement is if you spend time in positions and learn what those positions feel like and then know how to adjust. Yeah. You know what, man? And that takes me into um, talking about how important and how how detailed our work as a coach needs to be on a daily basis, you know, uh, as basic as going over the air squat. I mean, we go over the air squat a few times a week here, you know, Yeah. well, I mean, we do a squatting pattern in some way or form multiple times throughout the week, you know? So that's where, I mean, I kind of brought this to mind right now, but our role as a coach is to fine tune those little details in a way where we're able to get across to everyone in some way or form. And that's where really being attended to detail in the class that goes back to the ABC, always be coaching, baby. You know, you always got to be on your feet. Always. You got to be active. You got to be walking around. You can't always view everything from the front. Has to be a, it has to be a full encompass thing that we do as a coach, as far as walking around, acknowledging things, looking at the feet, looking at the knees, looking at the hips, looking at the the possibility or hey, do they have a butt butt wink looking at torso angles, shin angles and and these are all things that really do serve a purpose and there's a reason why we go over these things just like you said there's a reason why we go over the power snatch progression the way that we do. We're trying to get these people into the best positions that we can that way we create safety uh and that way we in turn which will follow through with long longevity in the gym and life with movement you know um but yeah man it just blows my mind on like how important our role as a coach is uh dude it's it's huge man it's huge it is man because people are coming over here to try to learn things you know that have been lost due to just environment yeah you know because like if every job had a workout protocol in their um, agreement or contract or whatever, even it was a part of the organization, everybody would be doing it. Absolutely. 
if you had a job and they said, okay, you're going to do this, this, and this, and then every 15 minutes you're going to take a stretch break, and then on your lunch break you can go home, do your thing, come back, work out, and then get back to work, and you're still going to get paid in your vacation, blah, blah, blah. That would be amazing. Yeah. That's how it should be. And I think people would be a lot more productive and happier, and the, the world would be just be a little more graceful because exercise and movement is medicine, and it's a part of, of a human development, not only physically, physiologically, but like mentally. And uh, the fact that it's not written in those books is the result of everything that's happening right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, which which brings me to why I love gyms popping up. Here in Brownsville, local gyms, and we're reaching out to the community. We're getting in there more and more and more, and we're making exercise known now. Like, hey, this is a lifestyle. This is a part of life. It's what you should be doing if you want to be better. This is the fountain of youth. <laughs> it is, man. Bro, going back to that, um, I saw Mama Knox like nine years ago <laughs> pulling that weight. And then 10 years later, she's still pulling that weight even more, probably. She's doing a little bit more now, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the beauty of that is, like, you think people... Okay. Sometimes you have the notion that as you get older, you get weaker, you get more frail, and you're just going to be... That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. No. That's a choice. That is a something that sometimes we have been involved in so much through the generations that that that's the way that our psychology has been molded to think yeah this is how it's going to be i'm going to be like my grandpa grandpa and this and that and that it happens just life yeah but no you make the choice to be like that or you don't and your mom has made the choice your dad has made the choice to continue to do this and 10 years later she didn't get older yes she did in age yeah but physically and mentally she probably feels 10 years younger absolutely man because of this shit man you yeah. know it's so cool yeah and it's something that they know they need to do you know because everybody knows yeah everyone knows man like 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 there's no i would say in the in the common world there's no one that is clueless to the fact that exercise will make you feel good. Exercise will make you live long, longer. Um, there's no doubt about that. And there's no conflicting research. There's nothing that says, hey, you just need to lay on your ass all day and not do shit. You know, <laughs> there's not. I'm sorry, you know. And for those that that do, I guarantee you it doesn't go well for them. Yeah. It's tough, man. You know. And if we can help just by keep doing what we're doing and accepting those who come through our doors. Because, again, like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So doors are always open, man. Yeah. Come through, you know, wherever you're at, wherever gym you're close to, like go to one, you know. So I kind of how like our passion just led us through this whole conversation there yeah dude well that's what it is and i think that's where <laughs> that was pretty cool i think that's where a lot of the drive comes through we kind of got yeah. a little woo over yeah. here though which is amazing we got soft for um, a bit <laughs> but going back to how we can train the squat depth so let's put a scenario on for you coach let's say i'm a newbie um i've been my training age is probably like two years i've been working out for like two years and then i have cindy as a workout here at Hard Knocks. But my squat depth is not the best. Maybe it's above parallel. And you see that my ankles are very unstable. Three, two, one, go. How would you help me become more efficient? Like if you were like, this would be like, I guess, tip for coaches. Yeah. Right. How would you fix my squat? Because you know Cindy requires five pull-up, ten push-up, fifteen air squats for twenty minutes, as many rounds as possible. It's a lot of squats you'll end up doing. Exactly. So thinking of volume and the load that it can put on the knees and lower back, how would you fix my unstable feet and um very shallow squat? Yeah, so I mean it all goes back to the foot, dude. I mean that's the first thing that I look at whether I'm training 
first day PT clients, whether I'm having one of my veteran clients, uh, air, air squat or warm up with squats or whatever it may be. You know, it's one of those things where I always start at the foot, you know. Um, so unstable ankles, squat depth maybe isn't breaking parallel, which isn't the biggest concern to me, to be honest with you, right off the bat. You know, we'll work on that. Sometimes squat depth is easy as saying, hey, let's go ahead and bring that squat down another inch if you can. And the majority of the time they will. It's yeah. sometimes it's a personal choice because it hurts a little bit more too, you know, <laughs> hitting full squat depth, extending the hips to the top, you know, but I always start at the foot and I'll reposition the feet to where I feel they need to be at shoulder width stance, toes pointed straight ahead. Uh, and then let's create that tripod form with the foot. I'll look at the toe, see what's going on. If I see the front of the shoe kind of flaring up, uh, then I knew then I know there's a loss of stability to the foot, which will come up the ankle. And then the majority of the time you'll see some funky things going on with the knee or the hip. Exactly. Externally rotating, externally rotating in a weird, weird way that it's not supposed to, you know? Uh, so I would start off at the foot. I would start off with the stance as basic as that seems. That's going to be my go-to right off the bat. Um, and I feel like I could fix a lot. The majority of things starting with the foot. Uh, so just like I said, I assess the shoe, um, 99% of people wearing shoes in the gym, of course. Uh, some are not the optimal shoe, but still, you know, we're not going to make them change their shoes, you know? Exactly, exactly. So, but I would start with the foot, man, and I look at what's going on with the ankle. I look at what's going on with the toes, the heels, and stuff like that. Once we've developed that solid base, maybe widening up the feet a little bit more, maybe a little bit more inside, because some people have, a, have this imaginary concept that going wider is easier, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily the... The fix, you know, I mean, so it's starting at that base and then from there, little deviations away from there if we need to, you know, uh, but that's where I would start. That's a good one, man. And yeah. sometimes it is just a stance thing. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about utilizing like uh, the cookies or like a plate to elevate the heels a tad yeah. to change the angle of the ankle for squat depth. I like it and I've used it before. Is it my go-to every time? It might be like a last resort thing that I do. You know, I mean, a lot of the times, just like I said, I'll start off with the foot, we'll change the stance a bit. If there's some, uh, some need for an implement to be used, it's a very minimal one at that. I would say a 2.5 to like a thin five if I do at that point, you know? Um, and nothing excessive, dude, you know what I mean? so giving them the feeling of the way the squat is supposed to feel. If it gives them a little aid, but it gets their brain linked up with the way the squatting is supposed to feel, I think that's a win. You know what I mean? Now, if we, if we alter the squat excessively uh, to where it makes it, it's like when girls wear heels. You know what I mean? If they got six-inch stilettos on, uh, you see them dancing in the club, they're dropping like it's hot, like their squats look fantastic fantastic dude <laughs> but we're also creating a, a false moving pattern because once you take those heels off it's not even going to be close not even close you know so i say at least to get their brain in tune with what's going on mechanically i do use it at times i have but it's one of the first things i take away because a lot of the times we could really fix that concept of oh no i always need to have my heels elevated well no you don't you know i mean a lot of the times it's just a movement linkage that you need to make with your brain as it relates to the movement as a whole you know what i mean so um it, it's an aid it's a tool is it what i use at all times and just say hey this is the way you're gonna have to squat for the rest of your life no no because it does fix moving pat patterns so there you go man because yeah. sometimes i've seen some clients just get stuck to that yeah oh I need this. Or they'll even go as far as just buying the Olympic lifting shoe. And they use them all the time. And just having, yeah, just having to use it particularly for squats, yeah. you know. And um, you're right. Like, you, you can't rely on these external objects all the time because they're taking, as much as they're helping you in the moment, they're taking away a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... It's kind of you know, like a band-aid in a way. You're you're covering up some missing ankle range of motion with with a shoe yeah. and then it's allowing you to push that four oh five for three. But then 
when you gotta like squat down to wash the tire of your car and you get up, your knees hurt. Yeah. Well, I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why, right? <laughs> what is, what is your thought, dude, on um on like let's just say you get someone in the gym the first day, right? And I've seen these tools used too, you know, someone places like a uh, a standard medicine ball um under their base, you know, to kind oh, yeah, of yeah. like uh the hip hinge? Yeah, it's a little bit more of like a um it's a tool to say, hey, this is where you need to squat to. You know what I mean? So if your butt could just tap the ball, not you don't want to sit on the ball, but you want to tap oh, the okay, ball okay, for the squat. to okay. kind of teach like proper squat depth. But what about like box squatting? Ooh. You know, like you, even if it's above parallel. So it's not a low box where we're breaking parallel, you know, but it's still teaching that top maybe quarter half okay. or half of the squat. So... I've used that in the past, actually, with individuals um, who have very shallow squats. Mm -hmm. And these individuals may be individuals who haven't been in the game in a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's a great tool to start them off with and to start to get comfortable, like dropping their body weight past a certain limit. Yeah. And then knowing that, oh, there's a box here yeah. to help me. Um, and I really do think that it it can enforce foot position because now you're saying, Hey, don't move your feet, pull yourself down towards the box Pull yourself down. Yeah. So now they have to like learn how to use their hip flexors, like pull themselves down to the squat. Yeah. And then when they stand up off the box, extend, I would use that for individuals who want to learn how to squat, man. Yeah. And they're trying to achieve the depth. And then what you do is you keep them there for a while and you just start chopping down the height of the box. Yeah. Right. And then every now and then you take them to movement drills where maybe you're just holding a shallow squat position for, I don't know, a couple seconds and you just Tabata that clock here and there to reinforce the skill. Right. Yeah. And then you just take them back when they're at the med ball height. They're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it goes back to like, well, is it just that? And it's like, well, no, sometimes it's not just that. Like sometimes there's a lot of compensations and tightness and muscles and joints and things that you have to also address. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Cause you can't get a first date client that's coming in here um, brand new and expect them to squat to parallel uh, or below parallel for Cindy, 20 minutes for time, you know, whatever. Like there's just, as a coach, you have to meet them where they're at on that first day. Hey, Scotty, you're not squatting below parallel. Keep get get your ass down. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. Maybe he needs to be doing a shallow box squat. Yeah. Or maybe he needs to be doing a squat to stand at at the twenty inch box. You know what I'm saying? So, big tip there is always meet the client where they're at, Absolutely, and then man. improve it from there. And don't assume. Yeah. Don't assume that they can't do this or they can't do that because sometimes you'll be surprised what they can do. Oh, yeah. Been I've been slapped in the face a couple times, man. Assuming back in the day when I was young, ah, this person's not going to squat yeah, good. Squat well. Now, yeah. but they squat better than me. I was like, what? Same <laughs> me recently, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, a, it's one of these things where the squat depth, I think, can be learned in the gym for sure. Coaches talk about it, and you can practice it and learn drills, but you also have to try to implement it into your daily life. Yeah, like so. Somewhere. Just in the gym is not enough. Nah. It's not, you know. And this is, I think, this is kind of the basis of the talk too. Max is is practice what is taught in the gym, the squatting mechanics, and hopefully you're being taught well. Uh, but if you are, take that into your everyday life because it comes down to repetition, dude. You know. And that's the reason why we practice reps so much here. That's the reason why we go through progressions. That's the reason why we do tempo and holds and isometrics and all that, you know? Those are all tools to just really ingrain proper uh, functional move, moving pattern as it relates to everything we do in the gym. You know what I mean? Like, if we're doing a squat hold, try your best to get into the most optimal, best positions that you can at all times. Yeah. And um, I think our job as a coach, now this goes back to us too, you know what I mean? When you're up there demoing movement, uh, you need to try your best to demo move, move, movement as best as you can. So that's yeah. where we 
we need to be on our A game, dude. Like at all times, you know. All times, keeping man, I up agree. with recovery, <laughs> mobility. Like if you as a coach, you know your ankles are tight or your hips are tight, and you're trying to demonstrate an air squat in class, and things are not looking well. <laughs> yeah. Then expect everyone to kind of assume that that's the way it needs to look. You know, because you're the head of the game right there. And then, you know, and and yeah. we need to be the ones on our A game, you know. You're so right, man. Um, and it goes back to like, I mean, for me, like my coaching style is like, I'm not going to teach you or demonstrate anything or have you do anything that I haven't done. Yeah. And if I can't demo it and I can't explain it, I don't know what the purpose of that exercise is for. I'm not going to prescribe it. So like, if you or a coach and you're telling your people to squat to depth and do all this stuff, but then you can't even squat past parallel or you can't do a certain thing. Then you can't be so hard on your peeps. You see what I'm saying? Like you can't because you're not doing that. You're not putting in the work that you're telling them to put in. So it's not fair at at that point. You know what I'm saying? So like if I'm asking people to squat to depth, it's because I can squat to depth and I can stay there and probably talk to you for about five minutes yeah. <laughs> um but then you know if if you're working out and you're doing back squats and people are seeing you as a coach you know squatting not to depth then they're going to be like oh that's okay like you said yeah this is what it is and there's this confusion between what you want them to do and then what you're asking them to do yeah man right so it's it's tough man i think you always got to be the perfect example of what you're teaching and you got to practice what you're teaching. Yeah. If you're going to be teaching it. Yeah. And he's be, um, I want to go back to the box squat real quick, man. And, and I've used it in the past, you know, and it's, uh, I think it's a great tool. It's a great aid in the moment you meet your client where they're at, you know, and one of the common things, and I'm sure you've seen this many times that I've coached with you in classes before where we've had some clients that, that run into this, you have that top, quarter to parallel squat that looks good and as soon as they start to break into that below parallel position things start going in a very dysfunctional way you know so it's one of those things where we go back to isometrics right real quick okay or maybe doing a tempo squat you know um and it's it's about teaching awareness of movement as people move through space a lot of times it happens fast some people just get it some people just squat great naturally you know but if they don't i think the box is a great tool man okay the so if their top half of the squat looks great then let's keep reinforcing that position there and just like you said all you got to do is chip away a little bit at a time you know will they get to that point yes they will but we got to get remember we're dealing with a lot of adults here that have never had to move right and we're technically the doctors of the squat here yeah. And we're the ones that are prescribing the squat. Mm-hmm. A doctor is not always going to give you exactly what it is. You try things as you go. Mm-hmm. You manipulate things, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know that, you know, but it's about how we approach the situation as well, too. You know, I think that's what makes a well-rounded coach, you know what I mean? It's understanding the fact that it's okay. Like, it's fine. We'll get to that point. This isn't just a week-long thing, you know? Yeah. So. And you can have every tool external tool every bag of tricks in the book you know to fix that squat but sometimes it's just understanding that maybe that person's just not ready at this moment yeah you know and you still got to work a little bit of that mobility you still got to work about a little bit of that strength flexibility you know what i mean and they'll get there yeah so i think to achieve depth in, in the squat I guess we can kind of wrap it up by saying, like, what are some things we should practice um, to start to get this squat a little more comfortable? I'll go first. Go for it. I'm going to come from a side of tissues, and then I'm sure you're going to come on with your own thing. But (laughs) I'm going to say three things, okay? When it comes to improving your squat depth, when it comes to tissue, okay, remember, tissue surrounds your muscle, so if your tissue's tight, guess what? Everything's going to be tight. Everything's going to be tight. So I would say you need to foam roll your quads, mm-hmm. okay, in all directions. Move your legs around, point so the toes good. in, point the toes out, point the toes down. Foam roll your quads to get the tissues around your knees, 
a lot more supple. Okay, so they can stretch and bend. Okay, stretch your calves. Yes. Okay, many times throughout the day, get those ankles bendy. That'll improve your tissue tolerance to dorsiflexion, which again, remember, picks the foot up. And then the last one, I would say, spend some time in lizard pose. Lizard pose. Yeah. I love that one too. Knee down on one side and then half a squat on the other side. And work those positions. Work those three things. I, I would say that. work those three things for about three to, three to four weeks. Consistently, every single day, about twice a day. And I guarantee... There will be some improvement in the tissue quality, which is going to allow you to sit in a more comfortable squat. For sure. I love it. For sure. What about, what do you got? Okay. So I'm going to throw this in first. So you need to do exactly what Max said to do first <laughs> before you do what I'm going to tell oh, you to do. Oh, there you go. Okay. Combo. So this needs to be, so there's like a, there's a hierarchy of things that you do, you know, when it comes to movement. And we all know, I mean, this is bait, bait basic knowledge stuff tissue work mobilize prime and activate and then you move okay and that's the order dynamic ways or whatever it may be you know but that's kind of the order of the way everything should flow you know um so yours is at the start of it those things need to be addressed first you know um when it comes to the squat i'm going to go over kind of the basics of the setup of a squat just setting up, not even squatting yet, okay? And uh, we already talked about the foot a lot. Like, paying attention, like, legit attention to the feet. Like, get those feet set up in a shoulder-width stance, toes pointed straight ahead. If you're going to vary the degrees going externally rotated outward, that's absolutely fine, but it needs to be the most minimal amount of deviation that you can, okay? Um, and then from there, we're going to work on that full foot pressure that we spoke about the tripod foot right if you don't have an arch on your foot pretend like you're trying to create an arch on your foot by externally rotating your knees outward but do it with your feet though the knees will the knees will do what your feet will do you know and you could do that test right now as you're standing up you know doing it right now plant bro. those feet down create those three points of contact the tripod foot and create an arch and notice how your knee moves now put your hand on your glute and externally rotate outward Returning on the hip. Feel that glute turn on. Bro. Yeah, it's on. So it's on now, you know? So before you even attempt to squat, you need to learn how to set that base. Mm -hmm. And everything is kind of built off of that base. Like that. You know? The squat starts there. You know what I mean? Once that's set, you feel glutes are on. You feel that tension in the hips from creating that torque at the hip joint. You know? The feet feel evenly planted into the ground. Then you're ready to start your squat. And that's a whole other discussion there because there's a lot of stuff that goes on at that <laughs> point. But the setup, I'm going to go based off of the setup and I'm huge on that, you know, and I feel like it needs to become routine, whether you're doing an air squat, whether you do a squat at your house to reach down and grab something, you know, <laughs> as as dumb as that sounds, you know, like we need to be able to acknowledge these things and it's practice. That's what it is. Reps. It's repetition. It's reps. But it's also good reps, so it can't just be, oh, reps, I'm just going to squat down. Yeah, yeah. You know? So those are my tips, man, and I'm real big on that stuff. Um, I know I didn't go into the whole spiel because we could probably have a conversation that lasts about an hour long going over the squat as a <laughs> yes, whole. Yes, Going into the hinge and the bending of the knees and what goes on with the torso angles and stuff and the shin angles. But um, think about the feet, peeps. I really want you to get in tune with the number one Thing that is in contact with the ground at all times which is your feet and focus on that tripod foot focus on if you don't have an arch create that false arch with your feet you know got yeah. to man. start with that base and then go from there yeah one um i'm gonna throw in two two more little things real quick go okay and it. it just gives pe people a little bit more feet it, more feedback, some more tools for them to feel things because sometimes I feel like if they feel it, they understand it more, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan of activating the glutes and the hips, you know, doing some monster walks with a band, doing some lateral side steps, uh, maybe some sideline clams. You turn on those <laughs> hips and the glutes, you know what I mean? And then uh, doing some activation and also some prep work 
some stretches for the adductors and the groin as well. And I feel like that's one of the common things that I feel like people are like, oh, yeah, like my inner thighs are tight or my groin's tight or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So I feel like a, a tabletop position with the side leg out to the side, doing some rock backs there, really getting the groin. That's a good one. And the adductor nice and stretched out. I, I would add that one to that mobility piece too. But then also priming up the muscle groups that you want them to feel because if things aren't on, then they can't feel, yeah. you know? So yeah, yeah. No, those, those are, are mine, really man. good, man. Yeah. Those are really good because the first one – you're reinforcing start position, but that's also the end position. Yeah. Yep. Right? Which is good. Then you're talking about activation, which is going to help support the squat on the way up and down. And then you're talking about lengthening tissues in dynamic way that's going to improve the flexibility of the inner thighs, which actually is the one that allows you to go the deepest, mm -hmm. which people don't think about. You can't forget about the inner thighs, man. They're super important. Yeah. And if you stretch those out and start to get those rock backs going, um, the depth of your squat will improve and the yes. comfort in it. Because um, squats shouldn't hurt. You should yeah. be able to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, Boom. squat, pick up your shoes or whatever. Your cat took a, <laughs> made a mess, you know, all over the place. You got to squat down and get it. Your dog knocked down your plant. Squat down, squat down and get it. You know what I mean? So these things should come natural. They should be fun. They should be almost, um, they should be pain-free. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to think about squatting. Oh, man, my knee's going to hurt. Like, if those things are happening, then, of course, go to your local Arasti yeah. <laughs> and get it checked out, you know. But as a whole, you know, if you're going to start practicing this squat depth, don't just go for those 10 minutes, you know, Build up. See if you can hold 20 seconds. Yeah. See if you can hold 30 seconds. You know what? I think I'm going to put a video again out there, man. 30 squat, 30 second squat test. Try it just out. Just start tagging people and see if they got it. Let's make it flow, let's, dude. Let's do it, man. Spread and the love. Let's see if we can get that 30 seconds to a minute, you know, and let's see. Let's just see where it goes, team. You I know what I mean? I think they can do it, man. I think they can do oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think they care. So They will. Yeah. They will, man. So anything you got? Brother, we've had a lot going on, dude. So this weekend, <laughs> big, huge shout out to High Velocity Gymnastics, Jonathan and Tab. They hosted, uh, they hosted Edinburgh and Brownsville team teams, uh, and they took us through. I mean, an amazing time, dude. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of laughing. There was a lot of camaraderie built. Oh yeah, um, and they took us through just a gymnastics class that was a little bit more um kind of specific to handstand walks and being upside down and stuff but it was an amazing time man and it was cool to learn kind of what they do with a lot of the youth mm -hmm. around town mm -hmm. which i think is huge man i mean they're taking the, they're leading from the front they are and getting our youth um off their butts moving and it's amazing man to see you know i mean so we had that uh sombrero fest is this week few days away mm -hmm. um got a lot of people that are gonna be doing the 5k run as a team so i can't wait for that yeah i can't remember the last time i ran a 5k but same we'll get it done we'll be all right man ran a mile today and felt good so we'll get stretchy before for sure <laughs> oh yeah we, we'll come up with the flow we're gonna have to man but um everything's been great man just busy with both both gyms picked up a lot things That's have good. been banging the vibes have been good so i know i went over there like not last friday the the one before? Yeah. It was really good. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, everyone's really nice. Yeah, man. The camaraderie is really building over there, man. So can't wait. Well. Get back up there. Episode 67, man, and we're back at it. It's a pleasure to have, uh, to be in the room with you again. <laughs> yeah. For sure. It's been a while, man. So I'm glad we got to talking. And um, modified schedule, right, through this following this this week yes modified schedule so actually let me pull this up real quick that way i don't mess anything up okay Let's see what it is but man. uh yeah it is sombrero fest in brownsville this week and we know how people love that time of the year mm -hmm. uh so our modified schedule for this week um starting right real quick so the 23rd is tomorrow which is thursday right mm -hmm. uh we will so starting tomorrow which is thursday february the 23rd regular morning schedule 
classes and open gym. And then in the afternoon, we will only have the 4.15 and 5.30 p.m. class. There you go, y'all. Friday, we have regular morning again, mm -hmm. and we will only have the 4.15 p.m. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, Saturday, we'll have one class, 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of us will be out there for the run, so that's the reason why we're only going to have one class. And then Sunday, we're back on regular schedule, so your normal 8, 3.30 booty class and 5 p.m. There you have it. Nice little flow, modified schedule. Yeah, we got a lot going on that week, man. Or that yeah, weekend, we're going to so. have some fun. So if you never make morning classes, hey, try it out. Yeah. Might meet someone new, have a friend or two. And if you want to just sleep in, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we'll be here Sunday as well. We'll right. So do your thing. Have fun, y'all. And it was, uh, it was good chatting, Coach. It was, man. We'll get back to it soon. Miss you all, guys. Take care. Laters.